Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and supporting us. It means the world to us. We would like to offer you to become a patron for Mystery Kids Podcast. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes. One is going to be an animal facts and the other one is going to be a bonus episode that either someone has chosen, one of the patrons has chosen, or that we will put to vote. As a patron, you'll be able to listen to already episodes that are there. We've got the Underground Railroad, the deepest hole on earth. We've got about the werewolves. We've got um, animal facts about the platypus, the crocodile, and the taipan. And we have the funny story of the Australian emu war. So there's plenty of content that we'd love to share with you. If you want to become a patron, you're going to head over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N com backslash mystery kids pod. And that's where you're going to sign up for $5 a month and get that bonus content. Thank you so much again for all your support. Early cowboys in America wrote stories of the incredible animals that they encountered when they settled in the West, grizzly bears, elk, bison, pronghorn, and mountain lions. But what if I told you that some of them also told stories of dinosaurs. Welcome to Mystery Kids Podcast. If you've been a mystery kid from the beginning, you'll remember the beloved cryptid sea monster of Lake Champlain, known as Champ. Champ gives hope that maybe a prehistoric sea creature like the plesiosaur could still be alive today, but Champ was only one of the many accounts given by early American settlers about dinosaurs that survived to modern times. The most famous story comes from the Tombstone, Arizona, where two cowboys came upon a creature that completely baffled them. The Tombstone Epitaph, a local newspaper, reported the following story. A winged monster resembling a huge alligator with an extremely elongated tail and immense pair of wings was found on the desert between Whetstone and Huachuca Mountains last Sunday by two ranchers who were returning home from the Huachucas. The creature was evidently greatly exhausted by a long fight and when discovered was able to fly but a short distance of time. After the first shock of wild amazement had passed the two men, who were on horseback and armed with Winchester rifles, regained sufficient courage to pursue the monster, and after an exciting chase of several miles, succeeded in getting nearly enough to open fire with their rifles and wound it. The creature then turned on the men, but owing to its exhaustion condition, they were able to keep out of its way, and after a few well-directed shots, the monster partly rolled over and remained motionless. The men cautiously approached, their horses snorting with terror, and found that the creature was dead. They then proceeded to make an examination and found that it measured about 92 feet in length and the greatest diameter was about 50 inches. The monster had only two feet, these being situated a short distance in front of where the wings were joined to the body. The head, as near as they could judge, was about eight feet long, the jaws being thickly set with strong, sharp teeth. Its eyes were as large as a dinner plate and protruded about halfway from its head. 
They had some difficulty in measuring the wings as they were partially folded under the body, but finally got one straightened out sufficiently to get the measurement of 78 feet, making the total length from tip to tip about 160 feet. The wings were composed of a thick and nearly transparent membrane and were devoid of feathers or hair, as was the entire body. The skin of the body was comparatively smooth and easily penetrated by a bullet. The men cut off a small portion of the tip of one wing and took it home with them. Late last night, one of them arrived in the city for supplies to make the necessary preparations to skin the creature. When the hide was sent to the east for examination by the eminent scientists of that day, the finder returned early this morning, accompanied by several prominent men who will endeavor to bring the strange creature to this city before it is mutilated. There was never a follow-up report of the story, but the description given by the men matches a pterodactyl perfectly. What else could it possibly be? The only problem with this story is that even the largest species of pterodactyl is known to only be 40 feet long, much smaller than this creature. Could there be another species whose fossils have not yet been discovered, or was this just a tall tale? Our next tale of cowboys and dinosaurs comes from a stretch of desert in New Mexico called the Jornada del Muerto, which means the dead man's root. This area is home to many other mysteries, including the mystery of Victoria Peak treasure from episode 8. The Helena Independent reported the following story on January 27, 1888. The section of country about San Marcel in New Mexico has been aroused by late reports of Mexicans who state that near an extinct crater near the plain known as Jornada del Muerto is the abode of a monster. Some say it's about 100 feet long and about 2 feet in circumference. The Mexicans are now afraid to venture within miles of the crater. A Mr. Alexander who owns some of the mining property in that part of the country says that he saw the serpent once while crossing the Hornado on the way to his mines. He was about halfway across the plain, jogging leisurely behind his burrow, dreaming of the immense wealth he hoped to realize from his property, when suddenly the burrow stopped, er erected its long ears, wheeled quickly around, and made a mad stampede in the opposite direction. Mr. Alexander was at a loss to account for this strange freak of the burrow, and was about to start in pursuit of the runaway, when he chanced to look ahead. His eyes gazed upon the monster. He was so struck with fear at first that he says his nerves had completely paralyzed him. His hair stood on end and move he could not. He was rooted to the spot and his eyes were fixed upon the serpent. It was about a quarter of a mile from him and was traveling in the opposite direction towards the crater. He said it appeared to be about 60 feet in length, but what surprised him most was the queer proportions of this creature. The four parts were of enormous size, its head being fully as large as a barrel. A few feet behind the creature's head, two large scales were visible, which glittered in the sun like polished shields. Further back were two huge claws on either side, about two feet apart, which were all the monster had in the shape of feet. The rest of its body was comparatively small and tapering to the end of its tail. It traveled at a rapid gait, 
sometimes rearing its whole body up from the ground and walking on its foreclaws. He watched it until it disappeared over a little hill, and then he started to look after his burrow. The Mexicans have the most deadly fear of the crater and will not venture within miles of it, there being a popular tradition among them that is the abode of some terrible serpent. The Mexicans asserted that on one occasion, a descent of the crater was made by three men, and as none of them returned, it was generally believed that they were devoured by the monster. From what the prospector reported saying, it sounds like he might have encountered a stegosaurus or one of the many dinosaurs related to a stegosaurus. But why was it heading for the crater? And why did so many people claim that it lived there? Remember that some people were afraid to go with even several miles of the crater because they were so afraid of it, even saying that three men had gone to the crater and had never come out alive. Our final story comes from the small town of Waynesville, Ohio. On May 29th of 1882, a man named John Lynch, along with his two teenage boys named Ed and Joe, were fishing on a small creek near the village. It was just another ordinary day until they heard a loud noise coming from the bushes. When they turned to look, they saw a large monster running towards them. They were frozen with fear, and just as they got up the courage to run, the creature grabbed Ed and dragged him about a hundred yards down the creek bank to a large sycamore tree. Three men, Reverend Jacob Horn, George Peterson, and Alan Jordan, were working a stone quarry near where the boys were fishing and had seen the entire thing. They ran to help the boy who was so scared and badly hurt that he wasn't even trying to fight back. They reached Ed just before the creature dragged him down a large hole in the ground. Surprised and frightened by the men yelling and screaming, the monster dropped the boy and retreated into its lair. The men quickly scooped up the boy and rushed him to the doctor. The boy was badly bruised and scratched, but the doctor said he expected Ed to be okay. That afternoon, about 60 men, armed with clubs, dogs, and axes, gathered about the sycamore tree to cut it down and kill the monster. When they began to cut down the tree, the creature became afraid for its safety, and the words of the witnesses, it leapt from the aperture, threw out its fore and hind legs, erected itself about 12 to 14 feet, and with the velocity of a racehorse, crossed the creek and ran up a small hill, climbing over a rail fence, breaking it down and continuing north a mile, followed by the pursuers until he reached a hole in a large hill under a heavy ledge of rocks. Reports of the incident gave this description of the beast. It is described as being from 30 to 40 feet long, 16 inches in diameter, and legs four feet long and covered with scales the same as its body. Feet are about 12 inches long and shaped like a lizard's of black and white color with large yellow spots, head about 16 inches wide with a long black fore tongue and mouth inside deep red. The hind legs appear to be used to give it an erect position and its propelling power was in its tail. And there will be a picture in the show notes of what this creature looked like. No reports ever came up that said the creature was killed or even seen again, but many eyewitnesses swore that the story was true. 
could this have been a large theropod dinosaur like an Allosaurus or maybe a smaller Tyrannosaur? Where did it go and what happened to it? We might never know the answer to these questions or what really happened to these and many other reports of dinosaurs from early American settlers. Were these just stories that were made up or could there still be dinosaurs living in America today? You decide. A special thanks to John LeMay and his book, Cowboys and Saurians. It's Dinosaurs and Prehistoric Beasts as Seen by the Pioneers for the research he did that made this episode possible. There's going to be a link in the show notes and on our website where you can get this book on Amazon and Kindle and read many stories just like this one. Such a great book. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram and on Facebook, and we'll see you next time on the Mystery Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening.